Welcome back to the Cultura and Cash podcast. This is your host, Giovanna Gonzalez, otherwise known as Gigi or the Finfluencer, the first gen mentor. Today's episode was actually inspired by an Instagram DM that I received. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my journey from corporate to financial educator and now personal finance author. Uh, I also thought this would be a good opportunity for uh, anybody who's not as familiar with my backstory. Maybe you just found me because of the book Cultura and Cash, or maybe you can benefit from a good refresher on my journey. But first, a little housekeeping. First, I want to thank you for the continued support of Cultura and Cash. I see all your DMs. I see all your tags, your reshares. Thank you for helping me get the word out on the book. Uh, as you know, I am paying for the marketing and promotion of this book for my own dime. I did not receive any sort of book deal. This is all self-financed, so I really appreciate the community support and you helping me amplify this book and getting it into the hands of first-gen Latinas and other first-gen professionals who need to hear this message. If you've already read the book and loved it, please, I encourage you to leave a review on Amazon because it really helps the algorithm. That's just how it works with these reviews. Uh, next housekeeping item, in case you missed it, I am on a book tour. I already had two amazing events, both in Chicago. I'm going to three cities and I just booked my travel. So uh, my next event will be in L.A., on March 7th, specifically in Bellflower at my friend Gabby's bakery slash coffee shop called Postres. Uh, a lot of people are fans of Gabby because Gabby is also a content creator. I love Gabby. I've met her in person and we stay in touch. Uh, this event is going to sell out because it's a small venue. We only have a capacity of 35 and Alejandra Campoverde is joining me. <laughs> so similar to the Chicago event, you're going to get two for the price of one. I keep getting messages. When are these tickets going on sale? When are these tickets going on sale? They will be going on sale this week. But I am going to give pre-sale access to my newsletter because I always give extra perks to my newsletter subscribers. So if you haven't subscribed yet and you're interested in attending that event, Go to my link in bio and you can find the link to subscribe for free to my monthly newsletter. If you do not grab a ticket for that because they sell out, then uh, don't worry. I do have a second LA event in March. It's called Latina Fest. It will also be in LA and this will be on Sunday, March 24th. And that will have a much larger capacity because it's a huge festival. I believe last year they had 3,000 attendees. The tickets are 10 bucks, so very accessible. So again, don't don't feel too bad if you can't get to postres. If you can, it'll be a really nice treat because it'll be a very intimate conversation with me, Alejandra, and Gabby about both their book topics and issues that affect the first-gen community. But if not, Latina Fest will be fun because I will have an author booth where you can come and do a meet and greet with me. I can sign your book. I'm also going to be a panelist speaker on uh, Latinas in publishing. So those tickets are actually already up for Latina Fest. If you visit culturaandcash.com, you can buy your ticket there. And you can also see my upcoming book tour dates. All right, so now let's go ahead and get into today's episode. So I got a DM from Kay Ree 
And this is what she sent to me. It was so sweet. I was going to respond to her directly, but I'm like, you know what? Let me make an episode out of this. And then that way everybody can benefit from this information. She said, hi, Giovanna. You recently popped up on my feed of reels and went directly to your podcast. And now I know that you also have a book, which I can't wait to get. It makes me so excited to know that there is a book talking about our parents' retirement and how we also provide for others. I've been listening to a lot of financial podcasts and I'm getting into books, but nothing like yours. You're truly such an inspiration to our community. I wanted to ask in order to teach others about finance and money, do you need a degree? It's just something that I am interested in doing. Do you do it on the side because of social media? I was just curious and wondering if you could answer me. That would be amazing. But anyways, thank you for doing what you do, and I can't wait to read the book. Thank you, Kerry, for your DM. And again, I will send you this episode so you can give it a listen. So her original question is, do you need a degree to teach financial education? Uh, the technical answer is no, <laughs> you do not, um, which is a good and a bad thing. Uh, it's good because there's no barriers to entry, but it's bad because there's no barriers to entry. <laughs> so basically anybody can call themselves a financial educator or a financial expert. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about my, my background just to kind of share why I am qualified to be a financial educator. I am self-taught. I taught myself financial literacy by reading over 50 personal finance books and listening to a bunch of podcasts. I also majored in economics, so I'm already familiar with some of these terms like interest, inflation. Uh, I also worked in investment management for uh, six and a half years and three and a half years in insurance, which insurance is a very important component of personal finance. Uh, I also specialized in investment performance measurement. I earned a certificate from the CFA Institute. And while I had my corporate job in investment management, I volunteered on the side as a financial educator for almost two years with a nonprofit called the YWCA. And uh, that was a great opportunity for me to explore whether this is something I liked because, again, it was on a volunteer basis and the YWCA provided the curriculum. So all I had to do was facilitate it. So I would teach a workshop on Insurance 101 or Investing 101, and it would be to small groups of maybe 10 women. So it was just a very intimate place to practice those public speaking skills. Uh, so yeah, if you're interested in exploring that, that's what I always recommend to folks. Some people go straight into making an Instagram account and creating content, and that's great too, but I really think having that like boots on the ground experience in your community is great because it teaches you real life experience and also because you're pouring into the community and it feels good. Uh, let's see here. But uh, can you earn some sort of degree to teach financial education? You can earn certificates. So there's one called the CFEI. It stands for Certified Financial Education Instructor. I actually started that program when I resigned my corporate job to be a full-time financial educator. I got about halfway through and I didn't finish it uh, because of time. 
and I really liked it and I really want to go back to it but I just cannot find the time to go back to it um, and I liked it because it taught me techniques to make my curriculum more engaging and more relevant so uh, certificates like that usually take maybe like two months to complete you know because you have to do that they're all you know virtual programs uh, usually low cost maybe I don't know I think the enrollment was like 150 bucks so things like that can definitely help bring you credibility and will help you be a better educator another common designation in the financial education space is the AFC which I believe stands stands for accredited financial counselor and that, I believe, is a little bit more rigorous. I think it's more study time. It might also cost a little bit more money. Um, I would love to pursue both these, de these designations, but honestly, I'm booked and busy as it is. And I think that is because I have a financial background. Um, so, so, yeah, I'm able to kind of skip these designations and, you know, get going with my, with my speaking and my workshops on financial literacy just based on my life experience, my education, and my past volunteer experience. At this point, I've been doing it for three years uh, full-time. Uh, let's see here. But yeah, I would highly encourage anybody to look into to those programs uh, because they do make you a better educator and they instill trust in, um, in financial education. But the number one thing really you need to be a good financial educator is you need to have a passion for it. This is not the sort of thing that you should do for the money or because YouTube pays the highest AdSense. I'm saying this because I know somebody who used to do career content and her brother told her, oh, actually, if you do finance content, YouTube will pay you more. And now all of a sudden she's calling herself a money expert when she has worked in HR and has no credentials to be teaching people about money. Anywho, so um, there's some people that are in it for the wrong reasons. The people that are in it for the right reasons are people that have a true passion for sharing this very important uh, financial knowledge to others because money management is such an important skill that we all need to know. And her other question was, do I do it on the side? So I mentioned that earlier that I, I don't do it on the side. It started as a side hobby. So when I had my full-time job in investment management, I had a really nice work-life balance that allowed me to explore uh, personal interests outside of work. I was learning Italian. I think I was learning uh, some sort of dance class like samba at some point, and I was doing volunteering with uh, college students as well as financial literacy workshops through the nonprofit as a volunteer financial educator. So yes, it started very much as a hobby, as a passion, something that I did on the side while I had my full-time corporate job. I didn't even know that there was a career track for a financial educator. I didn't know, I didn't know that existed. I thought it was just something people did on a volunteer basis like I did. Uh, so yeah, I did get my start as a volunteer and I said I think that was really, really helpful in me getting some experience that way. Uh, and that all changed from a hobby to a full-time job when I started sharing these same tips that I was already sharing in my community on the internet through TikTok. Uh, I started sharing financial literacy and career tips on my TikTok account in March of 2021. And honestly, I just did it as a fun hobby. Uh, 
think of that time, right? So March 2021 is the thick of the pandemic. Everybody's still stuck inside. Everybody's glued to their phone. Everybody's on TikTok. So I thought it would be fun to share this same knowledge that I was already sharing in my community. And because of the bigness of the internet, that took a life of its own. I went viral. I started gaining followers. And with those followers, I started getting paid opportunities. Like I started having people email me and say, hey, can we do a brand deal with you? We want to collab and do a sponsored post. How much do you charge? What's your rate? Or I would have colleges and universities reach out and say, can you come speak to our students about budgeting 101? We'll pay you. So I started getting paid opportunities because of my social media presence. I think I had around 100,000 followers when I started getting these paid opportunities. And because of the type of work that I did in investment management, I had to get written approval before I could accept any outside paid work. And my request was immediately denied. I was told by my HR department that it was a legal and a reputational risk, and they were not approving for me to do this on the side um, and, and get paid for it. I could do it as a volunteer, which I'd been doing for, for years, but I could not be compensated for it. So I very much had to make a decision to stay in my steady corporate job and keep doing what I was doing, and I had a very clear path to what I was doing or for once take a bet on myself and explore this passion of mine, which was sharing financial literacy with others. So I made that decision uh, in June or, or May of 2021. So again, I started creating content in March of 2021. And in May of 2021 was when I had to make the call because it had gotten denied, my request had gotten denied. Um, it wasn't an easy decision. I've talked a lot about, you know, the thought process that went into it. I wasn't like jumping up and down to quit my job because I really like my job. But um, it definitely was the best decision I made now that I'm seeing the work and the impact that I've had in this community. Uh, let's see here. If you want to learn more about that journey and my thought process and the feelings and emotions behind quitting my corporate job to do what I'm doing now, I, I highly recommend you check out my podcast interview with Jamila from Journey to Launch. Uh, we recorded it, I think if you look back to October, or if you go to my website, thefirstgenmentor.com slash press, I always link my podcast interviews there that I where I've been a guest on. So you can look for it there. But that was a really good interview where Jamila um, asked me my whole story. So, you know, how did I start uh, my career? Then how did that lead to being a TikToker to now being an author. So, so that's a great interview. Check it out. And um, if you're interested, Kavery, I highly, highly encourage you to please join the financial literacy movement. We need more women of color to be entering this space because we need the representation. We need your lived experience. And there's a lot of wonderful women that I am glad to call my friends that are Latina financial educators or black women that are financial educators that are putting in the work, but we need help. We can't do it all alone. There's so many people to serve. So if this is something that is of an interest to you, I definitely encourage you to explore it. And again, start by volunteering because that would be a good way to gauge whether this is something that's for you or not. So I hope that was helpful. Uh, last thing before I end this podcast, uh, I did want to close and bring up the book tour again. I already made a video on this, but I think a lot of people missed it. 
So regarding the book tour, I'm only hitting three major cities, Chicago, L.A., and New York City. Why? Chicago, I live here. So it's very affordable for me to travel 30 minutes to go somewhere and do an event, right? L.A., not as affordable. <laughs> I have to book a flight. I have to book a rental car, and I have to pay for a hotel. New York City, similar. I have to book a flight, hotel, and then Ubers or taxis, some sort of travel costs, right? So it's uh, my spring tour. That's all I have planned for right now. I've gotten lots of requests from people that want me to go to Austin, they want me to go to Omaha, they want me to go to Seattle, and I would love to go to all these places and meet all my readers, but I just need you to understand that my book tour is self-financed. So if you didn't know, I did not get a book deal to write this book. I am paying for the expenses of this book myself. Uh, I used the TikTok Latinx Creators Grant to pay for a big portion of it, but that money's gone. It's been gone. So any additional expenses related to the promotion or marketing or book tour all come from my business, the First Gen Mentor. So I need to be smart, business savvy with how I use this money. So again, I would love to go to Dallas and you know speak to your group or speak to your students, but um, I do need the support of the community to get me in touch with an organization that has the budget to hire me as a speaker. Because if they hire me as a speaker, they'll pay me a speaking fee for my time and my expertise and the knowledge that I'll share with their group. And they will also have a budget to pay for my travel. Uh, I cannot get myself into debt or lose money traveling all over the country for a book tour. That's just not business savvy. So uh, I, I can't serve anybody <laughs> if the business is in a flow. So as of right now, again, those three major cities, I hope that you can make it to one of those spots. If not, if you have a contact, uh, maybe you're a part of your employer's uh, employee resource group, business resource council is what we call them at my last job. If you are in HR or have a connection in your HR department, get in touch with your uh, professional, what is it called, professional learning and development group. And they might have a budget to have me either do a virtual event or if you want me in person, I can do an in-person event with you. But again, I'd have to be compensated for my time as a speaker and also for my travel if you have me in person. And similarly, if you have any connections to a college or a university, if this college or university flies me out, I can then extend my time in that city. Let's say, um, I don't even know if this is a real university, let's say University of Austin, Texas, I think it's a university. They fly me out to do a speaking engagement with their students. They pay for my travel, they pay for my speaking fee. I can extend my trip by a day or two and then do a small community event where the general public can attend, like at a local bookstore or something like that, or at a coffee shop. Because usually when these organizations hire me to speak, it's a private event. So only the students or employees of that group can attend and it's close to the public. So again, if you help me get in touch with one of these companies or organizations, I will fly on their dime because, again, they have a budget for this. And then I can extend my time and have a low cost or free community event for you to meet me. And we can do a panel discussion on the book. Uh, we can do an excerpt reading of the book or just a Q&A, book signing, all that fun stuff. Um, I do have a feeling I will be adding more cities. Uh, it looks like I'll be in Seattle in July, more to come. And I think Dallas might be happening soon. So stay 
stay tuned. I will be adding those dates to my website, culturaandcash.com. But if you subscribe to my newsletter, you'll make sure to not miss any of those emails, but you will also get access to any pre-sale tickets, which makes sure that you get a seat. Uh, but that's it for now. Thank you again for all the support. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please rate and subscribe and share this episode if you enjoyed it and see you next Money Monday.